know it's been a while, but I'm back. Lots has been happening since the last episode and uh, and this one. So get ready, sit back, relax, chill, enjoy your time in this space, in this lounge. You would have noticed that I'm taking a different spin with the texture lounge, just a little different. Spending more time creating content that is geared towards professional women of color, as I always have been, but focusing in on topics like speaking your truth, being your authentic self, and redefining what self-love means to me and to you. I'm also doing a lot more reading. I have like literally a million books sitting, no, not even sitting, piling up on my coffee table right now that I have to read. And I'm just trying to do better and I need to find the time. So I just finished reading The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz for the first time. I know it's on everybody's bookshelf, but I just got through it. If you haven't read it, please do yourself a favor, go get the book, read it. You'll get through it within a couple days, three days, a week, if you're a faster reader than I am. Honestly, such a great book, such a great guide that I feel like anyone will resonate with. You know, it basically talks about four key agreements that will help you be a better person in life. They're very simple, but also it's very easy to to stray from them. But here you go. Here are the four agreements. Number one is be impeccable with your word. So it's all about speaking integrity, saying what you mean. Don't take anything personally. That's number two. Um, And he says that that's because nothing others do is because of you. Number three, don't make any assumptions. Don't make assumptions. So find the courage to ask the questions and to express what you really want and communicate them clearly to avoid misunderstandings. And then finally, this is one that my parents taught me, always do your best. And you know what? Your best is going to change from day to day, from second to second, from minute to minute. But always do your best. It's going to put you in a good place, in a good position in your daily lives, in my daily life. Just sharing that tidbit with you. Get the book. Honestly, it will, it changes lives. With no further ado, I have a very exciting guest joining me in the lounge digitally today. If you're into natural hair, if you are a stylist, even if you're not, I think you're going to love this. Here we go. So for my listeners, joining us in the lounge this afternoon is the incredible Felicia Leatherwood. Uh, If you don't know her, you better get to know. I'm pretty sure most of you should. If you don't follow her, you must. Um, She's been in the industry now for just over 26 years, and she's lovingly known as Loving Your Hair on Instagram. So if you're not following her, stop listening to this right now. Go to Instagram and follow her immediately. Um, She's had had her hands in the hair of uh, Black Hollywood royalty, so... We're talking Issa Rae, Ava DuVernay, Tiona Paris, Jill Scott, and of course, Will Smith. 
And obviously, she really and truly is an advocate for natural hair um, and how to care for it. So without further ado, welcome to the Texture Lounge, Felicia. Thank you for having me. Not at all. Not at all. All right. So I just I want to get to know you a little bit more. Um, You know, I've been following you over the last few years. And, you know, when I decided to go natural, I want to say a good where are we now? 2019, about five, six years ago, you were definitely one of the first people I started to follow because it's a whole new thing. It's a whole new world going from relaxed to natural and you want to do it right. So I, you know, I searched you, looked you up and, you know, you were definitely one of the key people that, that helped me to, you know, embrace the natural look, the vibe, all of it. And um, I'm glad to have you on the podcast today. My first question to you is, what does your morning ritual look like? Tell us a bit about that. Well, it really depends (laughs) because I'm in different time zones, all, you know, from from at least every couple of months, I'm in a different place. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in a time zone that is about four hours or three hours ahead of Los Angeles, where I'm from, then I'm going to lay in the bed if, I, if I'm able to, right. because it's rare. <laughs> it's rare that I get to, to uh, sleep through the morning. Um, but pretty much for me, it's very important for me to wake up and be grateful for the day, um, to look out and see the blessings that that I have been uh, given um, with my career. And so when you wake up in different places and, and you look around and you see what you have, that morning ritual is about being grateful. And that's every single day. That is true. Okay, so tell me a little bit about, um, well, I guess, you know, one of the things that I've been talking about more recently uh, on the Texture Lounge is this whole conversation about self-love. You know, I really do believe that, you know, as as professional women of color, you know, we we have, you know, we're striving for, you know, achieving our goals, our ambitions, uh, we're running, we're doing a lot. And sometimes we just don't take enough time to just step back and, you know, either reflect or to take time for ourselves. So I wondered, you know, what does self-love mean to you? Is it, is it important to you? Well, self-love, it comes from different angles. What it does is there's layers of that. So as a woman, you need to have, or, or I should say, let, let's start with as a human being. Right. It's important for you to recognize uh, that you can't give love to anything with, when you don't know how to give it to yourself. As a woman, you learn what self-love is through relationships, um, whether it is relationships with a, a family or with, uh, you know, uh, an actual, like, intimate relationship. Um, you learn that self-love is also connected to self-worth. And Mm -hmm. so it goes deeper than just self-love for me. It goes into self-worth, which leads into confidence, which leads into a whole uh, array of of what you dream and believe and know that you can have. So self-love is wrapped 
into all of those other emotions of self-worth and self-esteem and confidence. Um, and then as a black person, self-love is super important yep. because we tend to feel like no one is really looking out or cares about our lives. Mm -hmm. And with social media, we see a lot of that all at one time. I call social media the eyes of God because you're able to see so many things and taking so many things at one time. And what you do with that emotion when you're looking at it will become a part of that self-love and, and what that love is for other people as you're watching them go through things through social media. So self-love is probably one of the most important aspects of our lives. It is the start of something great because mm -hmm. it opens up so many other things. I agree. That's very powerful. And should, why should it be an essential practice for hairstylists and creatives out there? Can you tie it back to that? Well, I mean, we sit with a lot of people. We hear a lot of stories. They're not all good. Um, we have a lot of women come and, and they go through things. And sometimes when they're talking to us, we're, we're therapists for them. So yeah. I'm the kind of hairstylist that I don't want to, when you tell me about your life, I have to be really mindful that if it's something I wouldn't do, I shouldn't put on my belief system, you know, onto you in a way that's negative. So for a hairstylist talking to a client, that's, I have to have love of self so that I can share something positive with my clients when they're going through it, you know, um, and, and hope that when they leave, they feel the self-love by way of hair, by way of conversation, by way of the time that we spent together. So, yeah, it's super important as a hairstylist to um, embody what self-love is so that we can share it with our clients. You know, I, I talk to a lot of hairstylists. Um, obviously, I'm surrounded by them because it, you know, it's, it's the industry that I work in as well. And, you know, I often hear that, you know, you guys play also play the role of, you know, being the, the therapist, just as you said. But are there days when you just don't want to play that additional role? How do you manage that? Because I can imagine that that's a lot of energy to, to, um, to share with your clients. And no. Yeah, but that goes back to that self-love, mm. you know, because when you really love yourself, you really want to share that with other people. So you right. don't feel like it's a exhaustion or you'll be drained by giving this to someone else because there's so much. You're, it's an abundance. I always in my daily prayers, there is that when I go back to that whole I'm grateful, yeah. I also include abundance. I include uh, that I'm grateful to have abundance of happiness and joy and love in my life. So because I've said that prayer for so many years, I feel that and I have some to give. So I don't feel like it's an exhaustion, but I will be very honest with you. You do have people who um, are victim victims. They walk around with a victim mentality. And when they do that, they absolutely are looking for someone to victimize them. When you see that in a person, you cannot exhaust your energy or your emotions or your feelings or, you know, your, your, you can't pour into them in the way that you would 
someone else who's looking for that self-love. You have to recognize that this person is looking to be a victim. And if they spend any time with me, I'm going to talk them out of that. Mm. I'm going to talk them out of wanting to victimize themselves and attaching themselves with people who continue that for them. And and so th- it starts different with me. Got it. That's that's super clear. And it makes a lot of sense. It does, it does make a lot of sense when you care for yourself enough to develop this um, notion of self-love. Uh, what I love about that and what you said is that you have enough of yourself to share with others. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, so did you always know that you were going to be a hairstylist? No. <laughs> I wish I had known. Really? I would have told so many of those other jobs to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> you know, working in cubicles and getting harassed by your boss, you know, because yes. they didn't do their work and they want to put it on you. Oh, like, God. I... Yeah, I would have told so many of those people, like, one day I'm going to be a famous hairstylist. I don't need this job. (laughs) But, no, I didn't know. I used to play, you know, with hair as a kid. And I was always doing hair. But I also used to draw a lot. I mean, I used to make, I used to actually design wedding dresses when I was, like, eight years old. What? Yeah, it was weird. I used to doodle these gowns and dresses so my family they thought I was going to be a fashion designer because I was always drawing and so they would always give me things to uh, support that they would give me all these little kits art kits and things and then I went to uh, the art magnet I was in the art magnet and in art magnet you learn so many aspects of art so sculpting Mm -hmm. contemporary art abstract art photography so that was really where I was at, you know, and my parents thought, oh, she's going to go to art school. She's going to become a fashion designer. (laughs) And then I got scared. I don't know. Like I got when it was time to go to college, I got really nervous about that. And I didn't believe that I could sustain being focused to Mm -hmm. enough to go to college and to go to school for that. Um, And I went a different direction. I, I started working very early at 19, I, I worked at BET, Black Entertainment Television. Yeah. And my life just kept evolving after that. But I was always braiding hair on the side. Like, I, it was my zen to, to braid hair and mm. to connect with my friends and spend, like, a Saturday doing everybody's hair and then going to the club that night. And that was our thing, <laughs> you know. It's amazing how, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of us do experience that. We believe that we're going to go to one direction and actually, we end up going down another, all for the you know, all for the best as well. Yeah, but you know what's really interesting, and it, and I don't know about you, like you know, if you if you stay talking to some of your old friends that have known you since you were chilled, you know, kids. Yeah. Um, but I've done so much now in my fifty years of being on this earth. And a lot of times we forget. We forget what we've done. And so I'm so grateful to have those old friends or those people who knew when we sat around talking. And I was like, one day I'm going to travel the world. You know, I shared a lot of dreams with people that I didn't realize that. And so when I see them or when they, they'll come and they'll send me these wonderful messages about, I remember when you talked about this and now oh. you're doing it. 
you know, and, and I don't realize it, but it's really inspired a lot of people who felt like they couldn't start over in their career or they couldn't change careers. Um, people feel like they understand the power of the tongue, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to, to like what you can, what you dream can actually happen. And I think that's probably the best part of my career is running into those old friends, talking to them and them reminding me that I used to dream about this and it happened. I, you know? that. I mean, cause that's another way of reflection. It's another way yeah. to just stop in your tracks for one quick second and be reminded that this is actually where it all started. And these are yeah. the people around me that have been holding me accountable, whether I've known it or, or not, you know? Yep. Yeah. It's so important. Okay. So listen, I recently wrote this article um, called Be You Authentically on the, um, on the website. Um, how do you interpret authenticity and how does it play in your career to date? Um, authenticity, huh? Mm-hmm. So for me, it probably looks a lot different than what you would think. Um, okay. I think I look for it in the people I'm around so that I know who I can connect with in a way that is very real. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. It okay. does. It actually does. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I often will, the things, you know, Words like that and integrity, um, honesty, I, because I like those words and I feel like they hold some power, I look for other people to be that so that I can actually um, vibe with them and, and know that that is a safe place where I can be open and truthful and authentic because sometimes you can have that and you can share it with the world and then when it comes back to you it doesn't come back the same and people get heartbroken yeah so I tend to like look for the people who have that and it's almost like being a parasite I leech onto them like I I'm like oh you got you have authenticity cool let's (laughs) do something you know let's talk about this how we could change the world and make it a better place, yeah. you know, from, from our point of view, even, you know, so that's how I find it. I connect with it that way, like by finding it in other people and then letting mine uh, merge with theirs so that we can have a greater experience. I love that. Wow. That's not an answer that I was expecting, but it's such a different perspective. I love it. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it. I do. It's because I guess when you do it that way, it it kind of triggers off something natural within you to help you bridge uh, the gap or to create exactly. an authentic uh, conversation um, or relationship with other people. I do like exactly. that. Exactly, yeah. Oh, you are enlightening me today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to bring it back to the salon, right? So, you know, obviously you've you've become this incredible world-renowned um expert when it comes to natural hair um and you know natural clearly is not a trend 
You know, it's 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 here to stay. It's it is what it is. It's a real it's a real lifestyle. Um, I would love to know what is your top tip for the salons and the stylists out there who still have no clue or are afraid to work with our fabric of hair? Like, what do you see, say to them? Uh, well, you know, I'm still struggling with that because I, I'm going to be very honest, and I know some of the people listening may not like this, <laughs> but I'm going to keep it real and be authentic. Please do. <laughs> I have a lot of judgment about... Um, so it's a two-part. The people of color who have issues with working with natural hair, which is their hair, yes. some of them, some of them, yes, you know, are even, I'm not even just talking about black women, black, black stylists, you know, men or women. I'm also talking about curly girls uh, mm-hmm. from Colombia mm-hmm. and from other parts of the world who straighten their hair um, and make us and shame us for wearing our hair natural. Sure. There's a lot of that conversation. I work in Hollywood, so of course, that is a huge, huge deal. I started a a management company called Texture Management because uh, a lot of the movie stars would come and tell me there was no one to do their hair. And I'm one person. So I was like, how could I multiply myself Ah, and and also give the support other hairstylists to get their name out there? And so I started a texture management and Mariah Ford has uh, helped me so much in keeping the integrity of that because I travel so much and I work so much. Mm -hmm. And so there are about 12 stylists that are signed to texture management and they go out and they take care of a lot of the celebrities that have natural hair that don't want their hair to be compromised. Right. So with that being said, I was having a lot of judgment about hairstylists not knowing our hair. But guess what? I don't do straight hair. So it's almost like I'm the pot calling the kettle black because I don't, I I know how to do straight hair. I do. And I've done it, but it was never really my forte. I love kinky, coily, curly hair. Mm -hmm. And I noticed through the, uh, journey of that, a lot of women were ashamed of that hair. So it really made me have an affection for bringing out, the one, going back to what you said, that self-love yep. through their hair. And uh, I, I, I think a lot of hairstylists that don't do texture hair, they're missing that part. They're missing that connection to help their clients bridge the gap between that love and that self-worth and accepting all of who they are. It's okay to be, to wear your hair straight, but know that you must love what's underneath first to appreciate. Yeah. Because when you only dress up the outside, you still have the inside will still show through that. And the inside is yours. It's yours. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like the hairstylists that don't, take the time to learn they're missing out on money first of all yep i say it all the time they're missing out on more clientele they're missing out on a connection that they could also have and learn and grow within themselves i've learned a lot through the women i've worked with um they're missing there's a whole you know uh, there's a big gap when you don't know how to connect with your client and they come in they have an afro and they said hey my hair is falling out from relaxer or weave 
and I need to go natural. Uh, what can you do for me? And they're oh, well, I don't, you know, a lot of them are really nasty. I've heard really horrible stories. And it's almost like they take it personal that the person decided to go natural. And so I'm very confused by that stance of taking it personal that your client wants to go natural. But I'm going to keep it real because every time I look at what somebody else is doing, I have to come back to myself. (laughs) If somebody came to me and said they want to relax her, at first I'm upset. At first I'm like, why? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Okay. And then I look at who I'm being in that moment of judgment. And I say, you know what? Natural hair is not for everybody. Mm. Whatever makes you feel your best is what you need to do. It's true. It's true. Okay. I like that. I like that introspective moment that you're taking there, Felicia, looking inward at yourself, you know, when someone comes to you and says that they want to relax her and, you know, your, your initial reaction, but... You know, I do agree with you with the with the whole um, concept of, you know, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, and there's something else that will. Mm-hmm. What's been the most impactful change that you've seen in the hair industry over the span of your career? This natural hair movement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The natural, you know, these girls, see, right now the stock market is trying to figure out how to get the natural hair Money. Whenever you have a situation like that, that is a huge change. Mm. When they start looking in the money, the money side of natural hair at the stock market, we're talking men in suits. There's something to be said about that. Yeah. So I think the natural hair, I mean, natural hair movement, they go in, they're like a that they, they used to call them, you know. The, the little natural hair Nazis. I don't know if I agree with the oh, Nazi yeah. part of it, but <laughs> it, it just means for anybody listening, and you hear that word, you know, that phrase, that these women go hard. If somebody gets disrespected, mm-hmm. if somebody goes on TV or there is a child somewhere whose school is not letting them be natural, the natural hair community doesn't play. They come for you. They, they come, come for you. you, man. They do. And I think that's powerful. And I'm so grateful to be a part of that mm. and that i haven't seen them be nasty but i've seen them educate i've seen them go and educate people and change laws you know within the, in uh, certain systems um and so i think that is the biggest change i've noticed is that natural hair has brought people to their knees and sometimes even in a way of being sanctified you know like oh my god I going through this journey and I found out that I had all this trauma as a child about my hair, my skin color and women are embracing themselves. That's a big deal. That creates a more powerful community of women and people. Okay. Now has social media played, like how much has social media played um, a part in your career to date? Has that been quite a big, um, a, a big thing for you? Not so much. Well, social media, shoot, if it wasn't for social media, I feel like social media took me from riding on a horse in a carriage to being in a spaceship. <laughs> like, it's global, you know? That. Like, it's true. It's like, blasted when I you into the stratosphere. Media, I love it. Yeah, it took me all over the place. And I'm, you know, now... Because of social media and because of some of the groundwork I've done. So 
there's so many levels of, of my, my, my work. My, my career has taken its turns, so many twists and turns. A lot of people right now have come to know me through Issa Rae and the show Insecure, mm-hmm. especially the millennials. I think that I've connected oh, yeah. with the millennials because of Issa, because of women like Tiana Paris. Um, and then I have uh, my middle to upper age crew through Ava DuVernay, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, Jill Scott. Uh, and, and some of the other people I've worked with. Um, and there's so many amazing clients I've had. That's incredible. And, what know, a great list. Amazing clients. Like, yeah, I, I could go on and on. And, and the ones that I didn't name, it's, it, I love them. I love them. <laughs> I, just, I just don't want to name drop a whole list I of stand, people. But basically, that, you know, a lot of people follow me, the younger ones, because of Issa and the hairstyles created on Insecure. But before that, I traveled the world doing educational talks, uh, doing, um, you know, self-esteem talks about beauty and about your hair and, mm. and, and loving yourself and what products to use and how to love yourself. And that built an audience for me that has been global. Um, I think that people in places like Kenya, Senegal, Germany, Paris, they felt good that I took the time to come to their country and to embrace them. And I don't, I'm not saying using that word lightly. I'm talking about hugs and kisses and loves and mm. people crying. Like we sat down and, and talked about why they didn't like their hair or what they were going through or why weren't there any products. There's a lot of product lines that have crossed the waters because when I went to go speak, I went to these product lines and said, hey, they don't have you in this town. Can I take you? Can we go over here and do something? Yeah. So that makes me super proud, you know, that that experience came about. And basically uh, the layers keep going. So now I'm in the movie business. So now you'll see my work on the screen. And it's just yes. been careers. Then I got the detangler brush out. The I saw this. Detangler brush. It looks great. Level. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been a wonderful up and down challenge. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but rewarding, it's, right? It's rewarding. It is. I have to. I have to give myself a lot of love through it all, honestly, you because should. people don't understand. It's so easy to sit on the sidelines and watch the game being played and say what the referee should have done and what call should have been made. But when you get in the game, oh, man. It's different. People don't know. (laughs) They don't know. And they don't know, not to even make excuses, but when you're a person of color and you're trying to do business, you have to pray a lot because people see you coming and if they're not used to a black woman showing up to do business, sometimes they say no. They close the door. Mm. They don't take a call. They don't want to help you find the resources. So you have to stay diligent. And that's to anybody out there trying to get ready to start a business, trying to start a business, people shutting the door in their face, not wanting to invest in them, even our own people being scared to, to loan money or invest. Stay diligent and stay prayed up because it'll show up. It's just not going to show up the way you thought, thought mm. it would. Um, and 
also we have to be patient with our own people because my biggest critic critics are my own people of color. Yes. They're the ones who kind of go in the most, you know? Oh, they do. <laughs> it's, it's so true. I mean, there's things that we can learn from the messages that they, you know, that they tell us and share share with us. But I understand sometimes it can be kind of disheartening because you're like, yo, you're supposed to be my people. <laughs> you're yeah. supposed to be my people. Be on my side. <laughs> okay. Right. So listen, I really want to understand, like you, you've, you've, you've done a lot. You've done a lot. And you, you actually mentioned earlier on that you're 50. First of all, I don't believe that for a second. You look, you look amazing. Uh, if you. I may say so myself. But if you could think, you know, going through your career, your challenges, your highlights, like if there was one, if you could rewrite any one unwritten rule, what would it be? Most of us, when we think about things we wish we would have done over, it pertains to relationships with men. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Oh, and, not, and not nowadays, not even just men, but just relationships. It's true, it's true. We always put it on someone else, but I wouldn't change a thing. To be honest with you, you wouldn't. I wouldn't because ah, every thanks. single thing that's happened in my life has led me to something so much greater that I needed. Mm-hmm. Even when it hurt, it was better at the end. Like I understood why I went through that. And I came to a self-realization that far exceeds any expectation I had through the pain. Mm-hmm. And it was good. So I don't I don't know that I would change. I don't know. I, I think one of honestly when I think about my biggest regrets or yeah. and I try not to hold on to those, <laughs> it would be that I wish when I was younger, when I was braiding hair and I was making money, I wish I had kept at least ten dollars for every person I saw. I would own so many blocks of land right now. Mm. <laughs> so I think about, as I watch the gentrification happening in this country and yes. all over the world, not yes. even just here, it's true. it makes me, it hurts a little bit. I take it very personally and I feel like I can't get mad at those people for gentrifying. I'm upset that I didn't look at how powerful I was and what difference I could have made with the, with the money I started to make at a young age. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I look at is how I could have empowered my people and some of the neighborhoods around by buying and yes. supporting communities that that I see changing. Yes. And you know what, for, for my listeners out there, look, it's not it's not too late. It's it's you know, I, I value this um you know, what you just shared, uh, Felicia. I do think that there's so much value in saving. If you're not saving right now, like you need to start to do so because this is really where we be, we have the opportunity, you know, as people of color to start to own. You know? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something about that. Yeah. It's, it's what you're saying. I don't know who your listeners are. What she's saying about saving is powerful. What I want to add to that is sometimes when we're not doing something and someone shows up and say what we should do, there is a voice inside of us that feels ashamed that we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And when it feels ashamed, it turns this emotion on of insecurity and uh, resentfulness. So when you say to someone, you should be doing this, if they're not doing it, they haven't, they will start to feel ashamed or guilty. And then that will turn into, well, I, you know, I did this. Or there's yes. these voices that speak to us. Whenever you hear a voice 
inside of you say something that doesn't make you feel good, that is the dark side of who we are. And Mm. that voice, it thinks it's protecting us. It thinks that it's saying something to us that is uh, kind of like, um, well, you know, like it makes these, these excuses up to to offer us uh, some kind of way to not feel bad. But I'm telling you right now that when you hear that voice, ignore it. There's nothing to feel bad or guilty about if you have not saved, if you're 50, 60, 70 years old right. and you get $20, put it away because you'll feel empowered after a while. You don't ever look at somebody else's pocketbook and what they have, but if you look at your own and you start somewhere and you put some money aside, you will start to feel really good about yes. watching that savings account grow, even if it's two pennies a exactly. day. Exactly, anything. Because you're creating a vibration of giving back to yourself, and that's what's so important. People don't understand. They think that savings is all about having something to fall back on later. It is, yes. but at the same time, when you haven't done it, you create a vibration that you care. You're saying to the universe, to God, I want to change my life and I care. And I'm just trying to like put some money aside so I can do something. And what happens is you'll get more support when you show the universe and God that you're trying to make a difference in your own life. And so that's what it's about. I want people to start with that remembrance of what savings is. And stop looking at what they don't have or what someone else's savings account looks like. Oh, amen to that. (laughs) I feel like I'm getting my my church service right now. I'm I'm getting getting that motivational. I love this. (laughs) On a Saturday. I'm sorry. And you just went to bed at 6 a.m. this morning? Yeah, but I talk like this. this. Because I talk like this to myself. (laughs) I talk, you know, this is is my life. Like these conversations are who, who I am. Probably in my sleep. If you came and heard me mumbling in my sleep, I'd probably tell you something. Oh, I'm so glad to have you on. I really am. What legacy do you want to leave in this world, Felicia? Well, I really want for people to, you know, I would love to be in a history book somewhere. Because when I look at people that have made history, I feel so proud and they inspire me to, to grow and do so much more. Yeah. And I would want that. I would want to be in a history book as someone who changed the natural hair game that inspired women to uh, experiment with hairstyles and, and, and their hair and to love it and to understand it. And I want to be the innovator that has opened up a lot of people to um, feel beautiful. So that's the legacy I would like to be, to live, you know, and to leave and to be in a book and a few books as that person, the, the new, the similar to Madam CJ Walker, but mm-hmm. for what we have in the, you know, the 20, 20 the millennial <laughs> In the millennial age. I'm going to manifest that. I'm going to manifest that for you. I truly believe this is within reach. This is, this is happening. Like you are writing the history books with every step that you make every day with every breath. That book is being written. Just know that it's coming. Oh, thank you. It's coming. Okay, Felicia. So we're now at the end. Um, 
this is now the cool blast round. So what happens here is that I'm going to ask you a series of questions and you have to respond to me super quickly with like your one answer or your one phrase, kind of like a game. Okay. You ready? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Stevie Wonder or Michael Jackson? Ooh, Stevie Wonder. Beyonce or Solange? Hmm, that's a rough talk. I think I I like Solange's vibe, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Solange. Spicy or mild? Spicy. Mm, me too. Name someone who inspired or inspires you and that you're dying to work with. Well. Manifest it. Yeah, I don't have anybody. Oh, look at that. (laughs) (laughs) This is the one I was looking forward to the most as well. Like, who who else does she want to work with? Mm -mm, I don't have it. Oh, you know what? You're blessed. I am because Issa Rae was on my list and I, and that's my girl. So I'm good with her. She inspires me. She does a lot of great things in the community. She puts her money where her mouth is. If she says she's going to do something, she does it. I love people like that. Yes. Um, She looks out. She, she's, she supports. She's young. She doesn't care about, you know, like she's not a look at me, look at me in terms of social media. Yeah. She'll shut it down and not be on there for weeks and days and months. <laughs> she's focused. She's driven. You know, gorgeous, chocolate skin, yes. natural hair. We love um, her. And 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 her hair and I have a relationship that she don't even know about. So ah, I love it. I think she is my. She's it. She she's where I drop the mic and walk off the stage. To be honest with you. Oh, you just dropped the mic, Issa. If you happen to stumble across across this humble episode, <laughs> you. I hope you heard that. She uh, Felicia has a lot of love for you. Uh, we love you here on um, the Texture Lounge as well. Okay, name the top three services or looks that clients come to you for. Uh. Well, trims, <laughs> deep conditions, and they want to look like Issa Rae. <laughs> they want hairstyles like Issa Rae. I don't, I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. What are the three products or tools you cannot work without? I cannot work without Curl's Blueberry Bliss Leave-In. Okay. I cannot work without the Dew Bonita Afro Bomb Cream. I cannot work without Eden Body Works hair vitamin. Name one book everyone should read. Ooh, uh, it's called um, Creative Visualization, Keys to Abundance. Who's it by? Do you remember? It's by, it's a two-part. It's, uh, I need to find that for you. Sanai and Dwayne. It's like two people wrote it. Okay wrote this book but it's it's awesome i'll look it up and i'll add it to the um show notes so there's that one there's also another one that your listeners would really especially people who are in a lot of fear Uh uh-huh it's called um outwitting the devil and uh it's amazing i think i need to add that one to my personal list you gotta read that one that one's gonna blow your mind okay i'm gonna let you know yeah (laughs) especially if you have kids if you're you want to change your life and you're scared it it deals with fear basically it deals with the origin of fear 
I like it. I like the sound of it a lot. Okay, what's your number one self-love practice? I go, I like to get a, I, I like the spa. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. I really like going to the spa and getting massages all the time. Oh, nice. And the best way for my listeners to keep up with what you're doing? Is um, honestly, you know, Instagram, because I post everything. <laughs> uh, Instagram, loving your hair. You can find me through Felicia Leatherwood, but it's under loving your hair. And I could change it, but then I'll lose that little blue check. Oh, don't change that it. That popped up. That popped up out of nowhere one day. Oh, and, uh, you know, it's a lot of people trying to get that blue tick on um on Instagram. <laughs> Don't change well, it. Let's talk about that before you go, because people write to me all the time and they want to know what that check means. Go for it. Uh, Tell them. The check doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> really, though? I don't know if I believe that. Well, let me tell you something. We create the power in everything, by the way. Oh, that is true. So we have made the check be the end all be all. What the check is, it's for if you're on a certain level of your career. So people like Vogue and Style, uh, uh, some of the, the, the high ends, you know, they look at that check. And for, for them, it means that you are authentic. You are the real deal. For anything else, it doesn't mean anything. Okay. It doesn't bring you more clients. It doesn't make your life better like that. But if you are trying to work with, you know, um, a major, major brand, major, the check helps. If you're trying to get in there with Carol's daughter, L'Oreal, Shea Moisture, maybe, uh, you know, the check, they look at it, oh, okay, she's the real deal. Mm. But, but other than that, it's pretty. It's I like pretty. it. It's pretty. It's nice. It's kind of feels official, no? I it like feels it. official. And I think that Instagram did a good job with creating that check, honestly. Like, it just, it gives people something else to aspire to. So why not? All right, you have one last question. Finish this sentence. Texture is... Everything. I like it. Texture is everything. Felicia, thank you so much for sharing yourself with the Texture Lounge. And to all the listeners out there, you've officially met Felicia Leatherwood and she is officially Texture Lounge approved. Um, so visit the features section of the website at thetexturelounge.com for the full interview. I'm going to make sure I make sure that I include the notes about um, the books that Felicia recommended. Make sure you add them to your next Amazon buy. Um, but Felicia, thank you so much. I honestly feel like I got to know you just that little bit more um, and deeper as well. And I just want to thank you for everything that you're doing um, to professionalize natural hair. Um, for those of you that don't know that she's just launched a brand new detangle comb or brush, actually. Um, and she has been posting about it recently. If you don't know, find out. It looks great, Felicia. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And also, I'm going to throw this out there because I'm feeling a little desperate, honestly. Do it. I'm looking for a manufacturing company that's a bit closer to home. Uh, I, I I really like supporting Black-owned businesses. Yep. I don't know that we are, we've crossed over into manufacturing mm -hmm. tools. But anybody out there listening, if you know 
um, you know, somewhere that is closer to home that this country supports because, you know, our current government mm-hmm. is shutting things mm-hmm. down in other places. I, please send me a message uh, either through um, my email, which is lovingyourhaircare at gmail, lovingyourhaircare at gmail, or send me a DM on uh, Instagram on loving your hair. I'm definitely interested in finding a new manufacturer closer to home. Guys, I hope you heard that. Please follow up if there are any, if there, if there is anyone out there that can help or can advise. Do as Felicia just mentioned. Felicia, I hope you get some sleep. I know you're feeling right you. now. Thank you so much. Let's support Black business. Yes. This is the greatest month to do it. Yes. Every day is good. It but, is. you know, people feel more inspired through Black History Month. So support Black businesses. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you for Thank you. the interview. It was great. No worries, Felicia.